Episode 5, Through Me. Welcome back. My name is Howard Egger Beauvais, and I have been a substitute teacher for decades. And the following is Episode 5 of a five-part podcast entitled Throwing Darts in Traffic, Teaching in America. This podcast is based on the one-man show that I wrote and performed for the stage. To my fellow teachers, well, this podcast is for you. For those who are not teachers, class is about to begin. Three, two, one. They came into the library. They just started shooting at everyone. Student's teenage big brother describing the sounds of his gunman on the loose at Sandy Hook Elementary. They arrived to carnage. Everyone at my table was shot. Everyone, Everyone at my table was shot. Everyone was shot. Everyone was shot. Everyone was shot. Everyone was shot. I really liked my third grade teacher. She was funny. She loved to crumple up papers to be recycled and try to make it into the recycle basket from all over the room. All the kids cheered when she made it. I didn't cheer. I don't like the cheer. But I remember taking my rocks out of my desk so they could watch to see if Miss Left made it. And she often did. When I was a boy in third grade, I did my work alone. I'd play. I looked for rocks most every day. My rocks and me were family as happy as can be. He was a quiet boy. I always thought to myself that I would have liked about 10 more like him in my class. It was a tough third grade class that year. Yes, and I remember he liked rocks. Most every recess he looked for just the right ones to add to his collection. He called them his rock family. I had a boy in third grade. He did his work. He liked to play. Outside alone, he looked for rocks, not much for talks. I think his name was Lynn. I wish I had more like him. They went into my desk and they took them, all of them. I remember. It was recess. They scattered all my rocks all over the place. You ever get so close to a fire? You feel you are the fire? I did that day. Inside me, a small fire started. I didn't retaliate. I didn't shed one tear. I I didn't say a word. Not for days. The boys who did it, well, they got in trouble. They offered to get some other rocks for me. Other rocks? Miss Left, well, she reached into the top drawer of her desk one day and pulled out the most gorgeous rock I'd ever seen and gave it to me. My first words after my long silence were, thank you. My rocks and me were family. It sounds absurd, no need for words. A silent bond that I could trust. 
not like those boys who weren't like us. Well, it's natural. Students grow up in kindergarten, first grade, and fifth grade. Well, and then they leave. Of course, some would come back to visit. He wasn't one of them. I did hear something about him getting into some trouble throwing rocks. I believe he actually came back and threw a rock through our school office window. I saw him once at Safeway. I walked to him. He walked halfway. I talked to him. His eyes would stray. He never talked much anyway. By middle school, the fire inside me changed direction like a wind had come along from out of nowhere. I had this urge to pick up my rocks and throw them at windows of houses and stores and schools and watch. Small cracks, big cracks, cracks that got so big that sometimes the glass shattered. I could feel the fire shoot up my whole body, took my breath away. But with every rock I threw, I, I grew more lonelier. But I couldn't stop myself. I threw one rock and I threw one more at a house, at a school, at a grocery store. One by one, I let them go. Never said a word, yet everyone know. Listen, boys, in my third grade class, hear the sounds of crashing glass. My parents had to pay. It fell for several days. Said, sorry. But I wasn't sorry in any way. I saw him twice at Safeway. I waved to him. He looked away. I said, hello. He turned to go. He never talked much anyway. I stopped throwing rocks in high school, breaking windows. My friend, he had a gun. Well, it was his father's gun, and we'd take turns shooting it in the hills, anywhere, everywhere. How fast those bullets moved. Took my breath away. My new rocks were unstoppable. All that remained was, who was I going to aim them at? I had a boy in third grade. He did his work. He liked to play. Outside, alone, he looked for rocks. Not much for talks. I know his name is Lynn. I wish I had done more for him. Three, two, and one. <sighs> Shit. <laughs> you know, when I started teaching, I was so happy. <laughs> is happy. Happy comes and happy goes. 
I wasn't happy. I was, I was, I was heated by the friction of passion and fear banging up against each other. Every day, this collective of children, this young river of energy comes my way. Every day, this young river of energy comes my way. It doesn't stop. It does not stop. And I am the river master. Follow me. Rush through my banks, strong and true. I will not crumble. My nerves will fray, but I will not crumble. My heart will race and my eyes will sting with tears, but I will not crumble. That is my promise. My pr- <laughs> Happy. Happy. I wasn't happy. I was exhausted from the exhilaration of teaching what it is to be human. Nothing more. But now, now the river is choked by endless paperwork. Now the river is choked by endless meetings and pedagogical pissing. Now I am accused of abusing a student, though I am the one feeling abused. God, as my witness, I walk into a classroom every day and I believe Teaching is the most important job a person can do. It is. It is! Then then why am I so... Why am I so lost? God. God, forgive me. Don't look at me. Please. Don't look at me. A moment of metaphor. So good to be among my garden of students. Ah, my tomatoes, my hydrangeas, my shrubs. It always feels good. It does. But I can feel it. I can feel you are uneasy, unsettled. I know that inside you feel you may have an idea about what you are good at and you want to explore that. But hey, that is not important. No, what we have to do is what they say and what we have to do is follow. Follow what we are asked to do and what are we asked to do? Demonstrate that we can create round, red, crisp apples. Hey, who doesn't like apples? Apple sauce, apple pie, apple fritters. Our objective is that no matter who you are, that we can all create round, red, crisp apples. What is that? Don't listen to that. Try to ignore that. That is the endless drumbeat loop of change. New ideas become old ideas, and old ideas become new ideas, and... But don't listen to that. That is a distraction. We must focus on the learning. Oh, and we have been learning, right? Apple art, apple math, apple stories. Yes, I know. Tomatoes, you are good at producing tomatoes. And you, shrubs, you are good at growing strong structures and hydrangeas. I know you can produce beautiful flowers. But I know if we all work together, we can do it. We can produce round, red, crisp apples. I get it. You still feel uneasy. I understand. Listen. Look at me. 
Look at me, do you see what I see? I am growing toward the sun, but I'm not like everyone. What am I? What am I? My roots, they do not show. Something's happening below, and I know that I must grow. I may not be that tall, or the brightest of them all. Yet, I hear the call, that if I can reach the sun, I've as much chance as anyone. I am scared, I'm afraid, that something will go wrong, that I won't grow big and strong, that I never will belong to be alone, all alone. I can't do it on my own. I need some love and care, and I hope that you'll be there. There is no guarantee how good my bloom will be, but if you won't help me grow, I will never I hear the drumbeat loop of change, and I hear the power from on high saying that we must have the workers that compete against the world. I hear the pedagogical princes and princesses say, don't think, teachers, follow, follow, follow the scripts. I see high school students marching A to G, but what about the rest of the alphabet? I hear the drumbeat getting faster and faster. No time for nap, kindergartners. You must be able to add and subtract within 10. Third graders must be able to solve problems increasing volume and equivalent fractions. Fifth graders must be algebraic thinkers. The drumbeat gets louder and louder. Now to feel it vibrating in students across America. The vibration shakes students' confidence, turning student confidence into shreds that is swept up by the winds of change and cast aside. Listen to me. Listen to me. I am a teacher. Listen to me. Stop. 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 Huh, well, that was pretty simple. Well, I wish it was that simple. It seems that things are accelerating so fast that one day it will be normal to teach sex education to first graders. Shh, quiet down, boys and girls. Uh, well, maybe, maybe I shouldn't say boys and girls. Uh, how about, all right, kids. Well, then that's too generically friendly. All right, students. No, that's too institutional. All right, trannies. Oh, wait, wait, that's way too big an assumption. Listen. You know who you are, right? Look, this was all settled down because I want to read you an intriguing book. Yes, intriguing is one of our first grade vocabulary words. Anyway, the name of the book I want to read you is The Magical Woo-Woo. What is a woo-woo? Well, you will see-see. Isn't that funny? All right, now, let me read the story. Once upon a time, there was a woo-woo that was very lonely, Boo-hoo, boo-hoo, cried the woo-woo. What am I to do? Then, one day, woo-woo saw someone and said, Hint, the next two words rhyme with woo-woo. Let me repeat the sentence. Then one day, woo-woo saw someone and said, Yoo-hoo, yoo-hoo, I see you. And the friend replied, I see you too. What's your name, asked woo-woo. Wee-wee, said wee-wee. I'm French. 
Oh, that is very intriguing, said Woo-Woo. Are you all right, Wee-Wee? You, you look cold and stiff. Would you like to come inside and... Well, all right, boys and girls, we're going to stop right there. Let's do some predicting. Excuse me? The end of the story? Well, I mean, I haven't gotten that far. Well, all right, if you must know, the Woo-Woo and her friend lived happily ever after. Isn't that all we want, boys and girls? To live happily ever after. Three, two, one. <sighs> How am I doing? Well, God, I'm doing okay. At home, in my robe. The year end is getting closer and I see the light at the end of the tunnel. I don't know why there isn't light throughout the entire tunnel. I guess it's, well, too expensive. I know, bad joke. Hey, but you gotta have a sense of humor. You of anyone must see the power of a sense of humor. I mean, honestly, you created the ultimate science experiment of mixing spirit and flesh together. And how's that working for you? Like I said, you have to have a sense of humor. And I don't know how you do it. Day after week, after year, after century, after eon, watching, bathing in unfiltered humanity that definitely leaves a ring around the universe. Yeah. I almost left a permanent ring around my bathtub. I stepped into that tub, slipped under the water, and stayed there a little longer than the directions recommended. But I came up, and when I did, I felt, well, a little cleaner on the inside. I was able to name the pessimistic poison I'd been carrying inside me that I... that I... I wasn't a good teacher. I was stuck! Lost. Well, I... I got out of the tub and I dried off and made myself a cup of sweet tea and that's when you asked me that question. Do you think you're doing the best you can as a teacher? <laughs> I thought about the early arrivals, the late stays, the phone calls home, staying up late, trying to make a lesson better. All right! I'm not the best teacher in the world, but I'm doing the best that I can. <laughs> and then you had to ask a follow-up question. Do you think your students are doing their best? The answer did not come as easily. Well, I mean, they don't sit down sometimes. They don't shut up sometimes. But they also don't come into school with a full belly sometimes. They don't come into school with a happy heart sometimes. They come in stuck, lost. And then I give them a certificate for kindness and they smile, high five, good job, and they smile. Play with me and they smile. I got a pencil for responsibility, look at me. I know my three times table, look at me. I like to learn, look at me. And then I get a hug from them just when I need it the most. Look at me. Me. Well, maybe my students are doing the best that they can. 
and I am doing the best that I can. No one is perfect. So we go on together, for better and for worse, taking a part of the other with us forever. Ode to the Teacher. Whatever you will be, you have traveled through me. Whatever you do, I will be with you. Though I have gone and years have passed, the time we spent will always last. Whoever you are, I have always worked hard to tend and to mend, to push till the end. Though I have gone and years have passed, the time we spent will always last. Whatever you are today, I have helped you find your way to be. An actor, a botanist, a butcher, a driller, a goldsmith, a porter, a judge, and a miller, a miner, a multimedia designer, a mechanic, a printer, a rotating machine fitter, a nurse and a shepherd, a welder, a weaver, a special needs teacher, a stuntman, a preacher, a farmer, a baker, a district attorney, wherever you are, I am part of your journey, whatever you give instead of take, whatever you admit, it was your mistake. Whenever you show understanding, not fear, when you say you can't, I say you can. Can you hear me? Though I have gone and years have passed, the time we spent will always last. For whatever you are today, I have helped you find your way to being a clerk, a cheesemaker, an air traffic controller, electrician, an esthetician, a medical technician, a driver, an economist, a plumber, a bouncer, a mortician, a painter, a waitress, a linguist, a lifeguard, a gardener, a soldier, a doula, a cellist, a rapper, a teller, a roofer, a mother, a father, a husband, a wife. We may never meet again, but I'm part of your life. Whenever you feel you can't go on, whenever you feel all you do goes wrong, whenever you feel like being erased, I've seen the pain that you faced, and I've seen the smile in its place. Whatever you will be, you have traveled through me. Whatever you do, I will be with you. Though I have gone and years have passed, the time we spent will always last. As time marches on through, I will always be proud of you. Teaching is the only profession that can state you had to go through me to be who you are today. Thank you for listening. Scott Foreman on piano, James Wittes, sound engineer, Alex Ventura on cues, and I hope that you've enjoyed this five-part podcast. As I said, for teachers, this was our gift to you. For those who are not teachers, we hope hearts and minds were opened. Oh, before we go, let's check the focometer. 
All right, let's see how many fucks were said during all five episodes in the podcast. Drum roll, please. Twenty-eight fucks. I think we could do better, don't you? Well, there's always next time. Until then, remember, being human is the ultimate test. Teachers teaching what it means to be human is the ultimate challenge. This ends throwing darts in traffic, teaching in America.